Good morning, everyone. What an incredible morning it is to celebrate Jesus and what He's done for us. Lord, You are holy. You are holy, God. Can we just pause here for a moment and think and just open our hearts to the Word of God. Lord, we want to open our hearts wide open. Wide open for your Word and your Spirit. Come and speak to us. I'd like to just read out of Mark 15 this morning. And I just want to read the crucifixion of Jesus. And they brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. They offered him wine drugged with myrrh, but he refused it. Then the soldiers nailed him to the cross. They divided his clothes and threw dice to decide who would each get a piece. And it was about nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. And a sign announced above his head saying, the king of the Jews. And two thieves were crucified with him, one on the left and one on the right. And the people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, save yourself and come down from that cross. And the leading priests and teachers also mocked Jesus. He saved others they scoffed, but he can't even save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can believe in him. Even the men who were crucified with him ridiculed him. And then at noon, darkness fell across the whole land until about three o'clock. And then at three o'clock, Jesus called with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. And one of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up on a reed of sticks so he could drink it. But then he said, wait, let's see whether Elijah would come down to save him. And then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain 
in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he exclaimed, This man was truly the Son of God. The Roman officer exclaimed, This man was truly the Son of God. And I want to say that there will come a day, surely there will come a day where every person and every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth will have to say truly, this man is a son of God. And Jesus would ask every single one of us today, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? And so this morning we gathered to think about, to reflect, to remember what Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago on the cross. Why he endured what he had to endure. What it means for us today. And does it even really have any relevance to us today in our everyday walk? There were many that day who mocked Jesus, shouting, crucify him. Who spat on his face, who beat him. They whipped him. They threw their fists at him in anger towards a man who really did no one any harm other than telling the truth, calling himself the Son of God. There were many that day who mocked Jesus, who simply just joined in on the crowd, shouting, if you are God, Save yourself. Ripping his beard out. Even his own friends, his own disciples, his own followers stood by at a distance watching as everything unfolded. And I'm sure for everyone that day, when they saw the sun disappear, when they felt the earth shook, when the rocks split open, when the tombs broke open and the dead were raised to life again, and when they saw that curtain in the Holy of Holies tore in two. Everyone I'm sure everyone that day, just like that Roman officer, must have had to deal with this one question. Who do you say I am? Because it's simply not good enough to just go along with the crowd. He's not interested 
in what the crowds scoff at him, in what society says about him, in what this culture says about Jesus. He's not interested. No. He's asking each one of us personally today, who do you say I am? It's easy to just go along with the crowd. But one day, there will be that day that Jesus will reveal himself for who he truly is. And then we will have no choice but to bow our knee to the one who literally created heaven and earth. Matthew 16, from verse 13, Jesus spoke to his disciples and he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And so they replied, well, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah, one of those major prophets. And then Jesus asked them again and he said, but, but who do you say I am? And then Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Today, Jesus is asking every single one of us for a very personal conviction. For a personal knowledge of who He is. And there will come a day where you and I simply won't be able to hide behind the crowd or even hide behind a great church movement when all falls away when the lights go out and when the curtains drop there will be a question who do you say I am I mean Jesus asked many questions 307, according to the New Testament, he asked. Asked questions like, why are you afraid? Why do you doubt? Do you want to be healed? But I believe that this one question, who do you say I am, I believe is the most important question we would have to answer in our lifetime. It's a matter of life and death. It's a question that requires us to choose a side. We cannot sit on the fence. We either believe Him for who He says He is, or we don't. We reject Him. In John 17 verse 3, Jesus was praying to the Father. And He was praying this. He said, this is the way to have eternal life to know the only true God. And so to answer the question, who do you say I am, really requires us to know who God is. But how? How can we truly know a God that is so complex and so vast? How do we truly get to know Him? I mean, we weren't there 2,000 years ago 
We weren't there to experience the nails that was driven through His hands, to see His face, to speak to Him, to hear Him, to see the blood pour. We can hear about Him through preachers, through stories, through movies, but we don't know Him personally. We can also see or know Jesus in visions, but we don't know Him personally. Like John the Baptist. Ugh, like John at the Isle of Patmos. Not John the Baptist. He saw Jesus glorified. Very few of us ever will personally know Jesus or see Jesus like John did with his hair as white as snow with eyes like flames of fire with a voice that thunders like mighty ocean waves and a face that shined like the sun in all its brilliance very few of us will get to see and know Christ like John did so then how can we truly know Him? So I felt in preparing today, I felt Jesus was speaking to me. And I felt Him saying, Tony, I'm not only the Jesus hanging on that cross. I'm not only the Jesus that is glorified. I am the Jesus ever-present in your now, in your today. Many people get stuck with their relationship at the cross, forever holding on to their sin. Others keep looking forward to the day that they are in heaven. When they forget that Jesus also is in our present, in our now. Yes, we need to know Jesus on the cross, the servant, the one who washed our feet, and the one who washed our sins with his blood. And yes, we need to have a hope, a future hope that we can cling to, the glorified Jesus, the King of kings. Yes, we need that. But how many truly know the Jesus of today that wants to walk with you today, be in relationship with you today. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. And of course, Paul was addressing this to unbelievers because this is the time of God's grace and for us all to say yes to the salvation that Jesus offered. But do you think that it's only addressed to unbelievers? No. I believe that is very applicable to every believer here today. That today is the day of salvation. I want to say that I need Jesus today as much as I needed Him when I first responded to Jesus. 
It doesn't matter whether you physically walked with Jesus on this earth, whether you saw Him crucified with your own eyes, or whether you've seen incredible visions of Christ glorified. Every single one of us need to respond to Jesus of the now. I want to say even the most gifted men with the biggest ministries on this planet need to respond to Jesus today. No one is immune. No one is immune to storms in their life, to temptation, to hardships, to suffering, to doubting, to growing weary. No one is immune. And in those moments, in the stuff of today, you know the stuff of today, we can so easily come to church and sing about one day, Lord, when I'm with you. Well, what about the stuff of today? In the today stuff, Jesus is asking, who do you say I am? Am I still your Lord? Because today is the day of salvation. When you're in over your head, Am I still your Savior? You know the problem with the the five foolish virgins was that at one time, they believed. They were set apart. They were set apart for the wedding feast. But you know, they stopped believing at some point that He was coming back. And their hearts grew cold and grew distant. They didn't do the faith things of today. Getting ready. Buying their own oil. Building their own faith. I want to say that today is a gift from God. That we may make ourselves ready for His coming. Not making use of the today could be tomorrow's disaster. I want to ask every single one of us to respond to Jesus today. We need to be quick to repent before our hearts grow hard and cold. When Jesus asked, who do people say I am? They answered according to what other people thought. It's very impersonal. But Jesus asked very personally, Who do you say I am? And so on the last day when we stand in front of him, we can't say, well, Lucas said this about you. You know, Dan preached that amazing preach and he said this about you. No. We need to buy our own oil. We need to ready ourselves. We need to know him personally. So Jesus said in Matthew 7, verse 22, He said, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons? Did we not pour our lives out into the ministry? And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Today, there are thousands of people who will only know about Jesus. They attend church church. 
They applaud the messages. They know some facts about Jesus. And there's a measure of knowledge they hold in their heads without it ever dropping down and penetrating their hearts. Jesus said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Paul prayed in Philippians 3, he says, Oh, that I may know him. Oh, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his suffering, becoming like him in his death. There's a difference between knowing about Jesus and truly knowing him. There's a difference between intellectual knowledge that we gain every Sunday and a saving faith when the Lord has broken your heart and you can see yourself for who you are and you know you need a Savior. The difference is is a real transformation. To know Him is to believe that He died for you. To know Him is to believe in His resurrection. To receive His Spirit. To share in His sufferings and to become more like Him in His death. Romans 10 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes. It's not the head. For with the heart one believes. And then lastly, I just want us to look briefly at Peter and Judas. They were both disciples of Jesus. They were both followers. They were both taught by Jesus. But I want to ask a question. What was the difference between Peter and Judas? What was the difference? Nothing. No difference. Do you know that they both denied Jesus? They both rejected Jesus. They both ran away. And they both chose to disqualify themselves. Yet we know Peter as the rock, as the one who Jesus built the church on. And Judas is this guy who betrayed Jesus and spoilt everything. Judas and Peter were both very depressed after they did what they did. They didn't like who they were. And then they chose to disqualify themselves. You know that Jesus doesn't disqualify you. 
when I read my Bible, I never see Jesus push anyone away that are broken, that are low in spirit. He doesn't. He doesn't disqualify. It's always us who walk away. It's always us who disqualifies ourselves. Do you know Jesus went looking for Peter? He went looking for Peter. And then he reaffirmed Peter on that beach, making him breakfast. I mean, this is Peter that walked with Jesus, that knew him intimately. Can I say, I firmly believe that if, Jesus, if Judas didn't take his own life, that Jesus would have searched for him and went after him just like he'd gone after Peter. I firmly believe that. He would have reaffirmed himself. But he chose to take himself out of this race. You know, Judas had a moment of weakness. Who doesn't? And when he realized what he had truly done to Jesus, he threw those coins back. What have I done? He was like, what have I done? He ran away. His heart was shattered. His heart was absolutely broken. He couldn't stand himself. And he disqualified himself. Jesus wouldn't have disqualified him. He would run after him. So what about you? Maybe for some reason, your picture of Jesus is someone who only condemns and only looks down at you. Maybe you only feel guilt and condemnation when you think of Jesus. I want to say that that simply is not who He is. He came to tear the curtain from top to bottom. There's no separation anymore between you and God. He came to draw us near through the blood that poured out on the cross. And so John 3 verse 17 says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. So I want to conclude this morning. Jesus would ask every single one of us today, please don't miss this moment. He would ask, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Do you know me? What do you know about me? Do you know that I didn't come to condemn you? 
But I came to set you free. Do you disqualify yourself? Do you cut yourself out? Because that is not my heart for you. I want to draw you near.